0: if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Our guest today had a short career in law before turning to writing a series of thrillers featuring FBI agent Kendall Beck. Her books are uh, set in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, which is a really cool place. I love that. She currently uh, resides in Texas with her husband and two dogs, a German Shepherd named Zoe and her Corgi named Wynne. It's my pleasure to welcome today Leanne Cale Sparks. Hi, Leanne. Hi. Hi. I'm so so glad you could be with us today.
1: Me too. This is exciting.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Wonderful. Um, I, too, had a career in law before I started writing (laughs) full time. Um, There's a lot of us. <laughs> I think there are quite a few of us uh, who, who left the profession in a kind of we gotta do something else yep. <laughs> feeling. Um you were fortunate in making yours a short career though, as you've described it. How long yeah. were you practicing law? And what kind of law did you practice? <sighs>
1: So I did, well, I did a little bit of everything in that short amount of time. I did a little bit of family law and oh God. <laughs> um, I did a little bit of the states, but that was short term. Mostly it was criminal defense.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm telling you, family law right there will turn you off to the idea yeah. of doing more.
1: <laughs> it's the most dangerous profession. They Everybody it thinks is. it's the criminal law lawyers that get it. Mm, it's family law.
0: <laughs> Not at all, because dangerous. at least the criminal law. At least the clients understand you're dealing with a certain type of system. Yep. People going through divorce, acrimonious ones, just go temporarily insane. That's my theory. Yep. Yeah. It's temporary. When oh, you're taking
1: away kids and money, two of the right. things that people value the most, then you're it's a, and, and in criminal defense, I mean, most of your clients, you... They they know they're guilty. <laughs> they're, they've probably been in the system before, you know, and so they know what's going on. Their so.
0: expectations are well managed right from the start. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> oh my um, what inspired you to write the Kindlebeck series?
1: So I I lived in Maryland um, at the time, uh. and I had a friend who had retired from the FBI, and at the he was he used to be the person that was uh in charge of the criminal part of the FBI the investigations and i had gone online and looked and there was this really interesting um department or you know group within it a unit and they did crimes against children and so i talked to this guy and i'm like hey can you get me in to see them or talk to them or you know have somebody just give me, you know, answer some questions. And so he pulled some strings and I was able to meet up with some actual um, agents that work in the unit. And it was a while ago and it just always stuck with me. And I thought I need to have a character. And so when I, this, the, the wrong woman started out as a short story just to see if I could actually write a crime thriller and get all of the the red herrings and I mean the first the first versions of this it was just kind of like oh this person died and then we investigated and yay I found figured it out (laughs) so I had to learn a lot about um red herrings and and things like that and so it kind of evolved but I really did want Kendall to be involved in um the crimes against children because I really think it's it's important. Now my books don't focus on that. I don't talk about any of the uh, icky, really icky. I don't go in depth with any of it. Um, but you know it's there and it's an it's an important part. But uh, so I just love I I loved the idea of of Kendall and the more I got to write her and everything the the more she kind of just really blossomed and, mm-hmm. and became the sarcastic. FBI agent that she is
0: (laughs) cool um so it's more about her being an FBI agent than necessarily the uh children angle
1: well there are some it's usually a backstory um I say that in the in book one it's it's a it's a backstory um there's you know it's like a subplot about Mm -hmm. her finding this girl and um figuring out what's happened to her um, and how that kind of all evolves and, and it cross paths with the um, murder of her best friend. And so we get this kind of unofficial partnership between Kendall Beck, who's the FBI agent and then the homicide detective in Denver, Adam Taylor. And so they start working together to figure out what who killed um, her best friend, Gwen. So, Mm. but then in book two, um, it is all about the kids and and they're trying to find a missing child.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've got two books so far
1: out. There's two books in the series. Yep.
0: Excellent. And how many books do you plan to write? Do you have a plan for the series in terms of the number of books and where you want to go with it?
1: When I started out, it was four. Um, you know, so when I get to that point, then I'll, you know, reconsider and, and see if that's, if if people are, are still in, interested in, in hearing from Kendall and, and seeing what her and Adam can get up to, then I'll definitely keep writing it as long as people want to read it. But I did have a four book series planned out. And a lot of that is because there's not a cliffhanger, but there there's a, a dangler in one of the books that I, I, I finally take care of at the end, so.
0: Huh. Okay. So you have kind of a plan in terms of story arc for the, for, for yeah. the four books.
1: For the four books. Yeah. Uh,
0: have you considered writing another series at any point?
1: I, I have actually, I've started writing, um, another series, um, in the meantime, <laughs> because you know
0: why because not why not <laughs> yes there's still
1: daylight i can write another series um and it of course is also based in colorado it's a fictitional it's a fictitious town in the mountains um and it, so it's just it's a small town um and of course you know how small towns are they're apparently magnets for murders <laughs> so yeah I, i'm i'm working on that so I think that she's a lot of fun too. She's a little bit, she's not, she's not like Kendall, but she is. I mean, I I can't not write a a sarcastic character. So um, she's got a little bit of sarcasm in her too, but she's a little bit more quirky in different ways than Kendall is. So.
0: Well, I love sarcasm. It's great, great stuff. (laughs) It's it's my
1: second language. So.
0: (laughs) Awesome um Does the environment play a significant part in your stories? Because you're you're setting it in this fa- fabulous uh, natural setting, the Rockies. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I grew up in Colorado, so I've always I've always loved it. And and I moved away uh, when I got married, so I was younger in my twenties and haven't lived back there since so this is kind of my touchstone to you know and plus it gets me to go back there you know for writing retreats and stuff like that so but yeah it's really important to me I really do love the setting there's so much to do um I set uh Kendall Beck in Denver so um and I did that because of what she does there's like two major interstates that go through Denver and so a lot of trafficking can happen that way. And so I, I thought that that was a really good place that I could do some things there that I wouldn't, you know, it's big enough that I could get away with some, <laughs> um, huh. faking things a little bit and, and playing around with them. So, but yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I love the mountains. Um, it, it's, there's a reason they call it Colorful Colorado. It's gorgeous. And so if I, I'm I'm still learning to, pull it in more as a character. And I think that I, I'm I'm really, book one, it was more about the characters, developing the characters and stuff. And book two, I think I pull in the um, the scenery and the setting more, and trying to make that more of its own character.
0: Mm-hmm. The hard yeah. thing to do.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and your idea for a, a, a mystery or whatever set in a small Colorado town in the mountains, I can easily picture that because my brother lived in a very small town on, it was on peak to peak highway. I don't oh, know if wow. you familiar- Yeah. <laughs> it was a tiny little place. <laughs> he used to talk about mountain lions, you know, like appearing in front of his house or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. I grew nice. up in Colorado Springs and it's a big city now, but even now you can still get wildlife. But, um, there, when I was growing up, there was a lot of times where you would see wildlife and and stuff, especially when you got outside of the city, if you lived outside of the city a little bit. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a cool place. I really love Colorado. Um, Yeah. How much research do you do when writing your books? And what kind?
1: I do a lot. Um, A lot of it is, um, unless it's something specific, I usually try and do Google searches or I have a bunch of reference books that I use. Um, I go to conferences. My favorite one is Writers Police Academy because you get just so much information from there on real life um, law enforcement and crime scenes and all sorts of things. So I, I think I usually start with a Google search and see what I can find from there. i am um, got a bunch of um, Facebook groups that I'm I'm involved with that, you know, you can ask a doctor or ask a law enforcement agent, you know, and they'll if no, if they don't know, they know how to get the information. Um in sometimes I reach out directly to someone that I know. I do have um a couple of law enforcement agents in Colorado that I can contact and for like Colorado law specific things Mm -hmm. Um, and how, you know, just sometimes you're like, hey, how would you do this? You know, is, would it be like this? And, and they're like, yeah, no, it, it, no, we would never do that or something like that. So um, I think a lot of research, I'm a plotter, I'm a big plotter. So I tend to do a lot of research while I'm plotting out the book and not as much when I'm writing it. I mean, there there's still the odd times where you're like, oh, what is, I want to put this in and, and get up and you look for it or you ask somebody. But most of it's done up front. So, yeah, I think in law enforcement, there's so many people now with the, um, everybody's into true crime and thrillers are just huge. And, you know, the CSI and everything, people are very knowledgeable. Readers are really knowledgeable about um. Things that happen in law enforcement and you know dna and stuff and so they they will call you out on it if you don't if you don't have it pretty pretty much correct um there's still the time that you know i'm not writing a textbook about you know police procedures and investigations so there's sometimes that you have to skirt the line of well for the story I have to I have Mm -hmm. to do this for the story and and just hope that people will go along for the ride
0: yeah you're allowed a certain amount of artistic license there yeah yeah Yeah. I think people expect it yeah yeah how would you describe your writing to someone who's never read your work
1: um I really I'm I love dialogue. Um, I love banter between characters, so I tend to have a lot of dialogue in it. I love um, really creating characters that stick with you, that you know you feel like you can go out and have a cup of coffee with, or you want to hang out with them. Um, so I, I love the character part of the stories, and of course, I mean, I'm I'm always into the the crime and stuff, but it's it's really trying to figure out how to make these relationships and these characters work together. And and, and so you can carry that on throughout.
0: hmm And the thriller aspect of your writing, what kinds of thrillers are you writing?
1: There's How mostly they're mostly um, I do do murder mysteries. Those are probably my favorite is to write about murder. Um, but, and then kidnapping, uh, secondary. So yeah, there's a, there's the, and the, the great part about it is that every, you try and find something new that doesn't cross the line into, oh yeah, I don't ever, you know, that's just too gross. That's just too Mm -hmm. far. Um, so it's really, it's kind of a fun, um, job that we have just trying to figure out where that line is and pushing up against it. So, and I mean, it's interesting to, to go and see there's, there's so much interesting information out there um, with real crimes. I mean, I, I I think that most of the crime that is committed is way stranger than anything we could write. So, um, and people don't, (laughs) people don't believe it. I mean, I was watching this thing today where it was, I, I was sitting there and I was just flabbergasted. I was like, how, how do people do this? I mean, you know, I think it's, it's, it's kind of fun to delve into, um, the minds of, of, you know, killer or something, because and I think for readers, it's the same way because we would never in a million years think about why would somebody do that? Why, what drives somebody to be that cruel? Like in the first instance, like serial killers who, you know, have a plan and have a reason and and things like that. And what drives that person? Because it's not anything that we would ever consider doing. So you really want to get into the mind and see what it's like. So I do like writing, um, from the killer's point of view a lot. Um I've had a few people say that I do that really well, which is kind of scary, but also <laughs> cool. You know, the, the couple of times they're just like, yeah, you write that a little too well.
0: So <laughs> oh, my. oh my gosh. Well, that's interesting. An <laughs> interesting thought. Yeah. It does kind of I I have had those moments where I thought, do I really show this to somebody? Do they really <laughs> want to see this? I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, what authors have most inspired your writing?
1: Um Harlan Coben is one of my favorites and, and he really I think I read him and thought, well, he's he kind of has sarcastic and funny. Characters, they have funny lines. And so when you're thinking of a thriller, you're thinking, you know, oh, it's all serious and stuff. And, but I learned there that it's okay to have those um, funny moments, the humor, because you have to, because especially the darker that you're going to get, you have to have those moments where, you know, even the reader can have a release valve on, on the, the tension and the suspense. Um, so I, I really like him for that. I love um, Karen Slaughter um, for psychological thrillers. I love Lorith Ann White and she's, she's just amazing. I love her work. Um, so yeah, those are probably my favorites right there.
0: Hmm. And you have a protagonist who works with a local police officer, correct? Yes, so that's FBI and local police working together. Do they have contention in their relationship, or do they tend to get along well?
1: Um so I made Kendall very strong. She's very strong. She's not. she's she doesn't really fit the mold of of most women. And so she's in this business where, you know, it's it she sees horrible things that happen every day. So she's very strong. she's independent. Um, I like that about her. She doesn't take anything from anyone um, and she gets in fights all the time with people. So she's always kind of <laughs> one step away from getting fired. <laughs> but So she's that kind. Adam is he's very good at what he does, he, but he's very empathetic. So he's kind of the the opposite side. But yeah, I in the beginning, yeah, they do. And especially in book two, they really do because it's mm. his niece that goes missing. And so she's like, this is my job. So this is what I do. So you back off. And he can't because it's his niece and he's in law enforcement. So that book, they really have a lot of contention. But yeah, in, in the first book too, I mean, they get along well, they become friends, but there's also this crossing of lines that they each are like back off you know this is you you're in my area and this is my area and the other one's like no I I know what I'm doing and so yeah I thought I needed to do that I think that um I hope I didn't overplay it because I don't think that's how it really is um I think they do work together a lot especially the in the crimes against children unit they 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 work closely with law, local law enforcement because they know what's going on in the communities better than you know the FBI. So they have their um, confidential informants and things, and they're just in the community more. So you have to have that um, working relationship, that good working relationship. But you know you you have to you have to create tension and, and something, and you don't always want it to be about um, the crime. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's a good way to kind of create some tension, but they also have a lot of humor between them. They're both very sarcastic. Um, I try to, I sometimes go overboard with the uh, law enforcement humor because I did do um, criminal prosecution or criminal defense work. So you kind of get to know what you have jokes that you say that you would never say outside the the office or to Mm -hmm. anybody outside of law enforcement or, or, you know, in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, (laughs) but I do like it. I think it really kind of shows and it's, it's true. That's how they get, that's their release valve. So I try to be true to that without going overboard. So.
0: Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of that kind of gallows humor. Yes. Police work in lawyering, in, uh, Emergency services, things of that nature, all those things. Yeah. Probably medicine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would think so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. Um what advice would you give to anyone who's interested in pursuing a writing career?
1: Um try try to write a book. Sit down and try and write it because it seems really easy when you're sitting there and you know you're like, well, it's like a movie in my head. Um but it's hard when you get to the point where i don't know where to go from here so no. if you can get through those humps and 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 actually get get through it i i would do that um it's got to be something that you love to do because it is i mean you don't write a book and then it becomes a bestseller i mean it's just not the way it works it, especially now with um All the indie and self publishing, there's a ton of stuff on the market. So Mm -hmm. you've really got to work. And if you're going to go indie, you better be able to do a lot of the work yourself because it's, it's, you're doing your whole business, which is why I like traditional publishing, even though you still have to do a lot yourself. The, there's, (laughs) there's There's some things that they take on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and so that, that's helpful. But I think (laughs) I would, I would say that you really have to, I remember when I decided I wanted to write and and didn't want to um, do law anymore. And it was just, I would stay up until like two or three in the morning writing the story. It was just burning in me. I will never publish that story. It's awful, but I had to write it. I had to write it. And um, I think that's what you have to have. And you really have to, it's hard to maintain that Um, Mm -hmm. because especially when you do, when it does start to become a business, that's where- you know, if you're gonna make it a business, fine. If you just want to be a writer, then write. And and if you don't want to ever publish, do that because that's when you still have fun writing. It's when it becomes a business and you have um you you have contracts and you have deadlines that you have to meet and and stuff that that you really have to want to get that story out and it really has to be burning in you to get out because to get through those those humps that the the, the I hate to say writer's block, but those, those walls that you hit up against and you're like, I don't know, I don't know where to go. And I can't think of, you know, you sit there and you're like, what are words? I don't even, I can't even come up with anything <laughs> to actually say. And so it's, it it can be very frustrating. It's lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better want to be alone because it's, it, you don't, you don't write with people. Yeah. We go to writer's retreats and that's nice. You get that, you know, that, the camaraderie but most writers are kind of like oh yeah let's go let's hang out and then we're together for about you know five hours and we're like okay get away from me (laughs) (laughs) I'm done being social and I want to go sit go in my room and sit and and just be alone so um you have your communities and you have your friends it's very important to have writer friends that you can you know, talk to because nobody understands this business. I mean, Mm -hmm. you get into it. My husband is still trying to figure out, you know, I'll be talking about stuff and he's just like, well, just, you know, do this or do that. And I'm just like, just, just let me talk. (laughs) He doesn't get it, (laughs) but you need that, you need that support system, but it is a very solitary existence when you're, when you're writing because you're in your head, you're in your head the whole time.
0: That's so true. That is absolutely true. Um, yeah, it's it's not, we make it look much easier than it is. And yeah. that is kind of a problem in a sense. People need to know that there's a lot of work involved in creating a book, yeah.
1: creating oh, yeah. fiction
0: or nonfiction. But it's just, there's a whole lot of work. And, and I think I was- it's
1: also a lot of trying to figure out your writing style like mm. or your writing process mm-hmm. and um that for me that's been kind of the hardest part because I always thought there's um I need to do it one way and just keep doing it and that's the way I always do it and so I finally figured out that's not how I write so sometimes I do all I, I'm writing all over whiteboards sometimes I'm using sticky notes sometimes I'm um I have legal pads you know tons and tons and tons of legal pads, and, and, and then the area that I'm sitting in, you know, sometimes I want to sit here. Some for this book, I'm doing it all in, at the kitchen table, which drives my husband crazy because then I have sticky notes all over the place and we can't use the kitchen table. So until <laughs> I'm done. So yeah, that's, that's also part of it too. And it's realizing when it's okay to not be like everybody else, And figure Mm -hmm. it out so I think that's a that's pretty important too
0: yeah yeah is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up
1: um well I have a big giveaway that we're doing um I'm going to give away a signed copy of the wrong woman and an FBI mug and of course coffee that Kendall loves and um and some other little goodies so if you want to go to my socials on Facebook, my author page, TikTok, or Instagram, and follow me and let me know. Um, and we'll get you registered. And um, really, I, I think what I'd love for people to do is everybody loves the big names. I mean, I, I mentioned I love Harlan Coben. I love Karen Slaughter. Um, I challenge readers to find somebody that they have never heard of. The see find a book that sounds interesting from a, a author that you don't know and give it a try, because you might find your next favorite you may not you may decide that that's that that's not the the writing style that you like but. Um, I, that's where I think it is because there are a lot of us that can't pump a lot of money into marketing and things. And so we're, we're trying to get our name out there as much as we can with social media and stuff, but there's a lot of us authors out there. <laughs> and For so, sure. it, and and you're missing out if you are just going with the big names, I think you're missing out on some stories that really would blow your mind. So that's, that's my challenge is find, find an author and read them. And then let them know. <laughs> yes.
0: Boy, you've nailed it. I think that is so true. Finding I, part of what I want to do here is to shine a spotlight on people that you might not have otherwise heard of. Yep. So I'm really glad you said that. That is a great point. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, thank you again for being here today. I really appreciate thank your you for time.
1: Having me. I really my pleasure. enjoyed
0: it. Oh, thank yeah. you. It was my pleasure. Believe me. Um, On that note, I just want to remind everyone to please either like our YouTube channel or uh, leave a review for the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also access my novels in chapter-by-chapter form, as well as bonus episodes and more when you support the podcast on Patreon. Check out our Patreon page today. I even have a weekly weekly newsletter, no, I'm sorry, a monthly newsletter that I'm working up and have been doing for the last few months, so check that out as well. Until next time, our, when our guest will be Faye Snowden, I just want to say take care and happy reading. <laughs>